What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. It is Tuesday. If you look directly next to me, I got the guru next to me, so you know what time it is. That means it is the guru's corner. This week in boxing, I am joined by my brother from another, B. Canda Guru. Guru, what it do, man? Hey, man, appreciate you having me back this week. A little bit under the weather, but we going to make it do what it do. It is the guru. Put some respect on my name. And we got a lot to talk about, Canelo Triple G, amongst other things. So let's get into it, my guy. Let's jump into it. Um, everybody who's watching live right now, or no one's watching live right now. We're recording this. All right. But when you're watching this, make sure you can listen to the Fight Podcast everywhere. Podcasting is available. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Also, do us a favor and like, share, and subscribe to this video. It really makes a difference. It really helps us. We're just about to cross over that thousand subscriber mark. It means a lot to us. Appreciate y'all. All right, let's go ahead and jump on into it. Yo, this past weekend, it was a fight that a lot of us have waited for. It is a fight that we have waited for for four long years. It is a trilogy. It's finally here. Canelo Triple G happened, and Canelo Alvarez did what I think a lot of people expected one via um, unanimous decision. Uh, the scorecards went as follows. 116-112, 115-113 by two uh, other judges. Um, so I, I'll be very honest with you. And, and B, before I even let you go, I, I have to get this off my chest, all right? Um, I, I thought these this scorecards were, were a little bit atrocious when you look at it. I, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that this fight was a one-round fight at all. If you really think about it, with the scorecards of 115-113, we all look at it and say Canelo won the last round. If Canelo did not win that last round, you mean to tell me that that fight that we watched on Saturday was a draw? I'm sorry, it wasn't. I'll be very honest with you, my personal scorecard for that fight card was 118-110. Yes, that means I only was able to give Triple G two, and I think I was being generous even with that itself. Um... But before we even get into the scoring and everything, I do have to ask you, because a lot of people were, 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 were kind of shitting on this fight, saying that it wasn't a good fight, saying that one fighter is in there in the winter, the other one is in their autumn, just totally disparaging both athletes. In your opinion, was this a shit fight? I don't necessarily think it was a shit fight, but... I'm with the people in saying it wasn't necessarily a good fight. I think we expected more in terms of Canelo separating himself from Triple G. I think we saw Canelo get tired down the stretch. And if you rewatch those rounds, especially down the stretch, the second half of the fight where Triple G seemed to pick up his activity a little bit more, Triple G led the dance. Canelo would punch when Triple G punched. He wouldn't necessarily lead the dance on his own. And in that, not necessarily pushing for the knockout or the finish, I don't know if it was stamina, I don't necessarily know if it was the hand injury, but I think people were a bit underwhelmed. They wanted to see a little bit more. And there were no knockouts in the card, so no one ever necessarily ever got their fix. So I think you end up with angry customers who paid for something that they didn't necessarily get. And this is what it looks like. When you are one of the big dogs in boxing, you're raking in these huge paydays. Canelo, I think he made $40 million for this fight. Triple G made a guaranteed $25 million. People expect more. And I think that the reaction is justified. Wow. Wow. Um, look, I, I, I hear you, and, and I do hear what people are saying, but it, it go. It, I think, and, and I'm going to be that guy, and I'm sorry to be that guy. I'm going to say it. I am tired of these casuals. I'm sorry. It, if we look at it, how can we not take certain things into account? 
the broken hand, a fighter who doesn't want to get finished, isn't going to get finished. You have somebody who's going out here also, and we talk about, people were talking about the ending. Oh, Canelo gas, Canelo did this, Canelo did that. We didn't talk about the first eight rounds where he had his foot on the gas and he was throwing bombs, which takes a lot of energy out. He was trying to entertain the fans. And if we're looking at Twitter, the Twitterverse, if we're looking at that throughout the fight, only thing you saw was, oh my God, this is a masterclass. Oh my God, he looks fantastic. Oh my God, this and this and this and that. I don't understand where the disconnect comes. I look at it. These are professional athletes. At the highest level, if you look at the percentages at the highest levels, guys don't get knocked out that often at the highest levels. We shouldn't expect that. Now, granted, yes, Canelo said he's going to go out there and try to knock this guy out. Keyword on try. I it, it blows my mind when I hear people, especially, especially journalists who are paid to do this, who are going out there and you've never been punched in your face a day in your life, but you have the audacity to sit there and say that these guys aren't putting on a show. Look, I, I will say this. I don't know what took, you know, Triple G so long to get started. I think the big reason that it did take him so long to get started is because Canelo was on his shit at the beginning of the fight. And he, in everything that Triple G wanted to do, Canelo had an answer for it. He did slow down a little bit, and that gave Triple G the breathing room to win two rounds, might I add you. Just two rounds that, I mean, if you look across the board, most people will say it was only two rounds tops. I, I generally don't understand these scorecards. 115, 113, the, the, the commentators are talking shit about Adelaide Bird. I don't know how I feel about these white dudes going up there on national television or world television shitting on this black woman. But I guess if anyone has the, uh, you know, the ability to get shit on this Adelaide Bird, I get it. I totally get it. But look, and I'm about to join them. Was Adelaide Bird and her sister here with this card? 115, 113, what fight were you watching? I I'm sorry. I, I think the narrative of the fight, there are people saying that hey, how you go from a masterclass to it was a dud, I don't understand. Back and forth. Look, this fight was, was a good fight. It was an entertaining fight. Was it the result that we would have wanted? Remember, I said I thought Canelo was going to knock him out in the eighth round. I said between eight, nine, or ten, I think Canelo's going to get him. Unfortunately, that's when his ass ended up slowing down. So I was wrong on that regard. Uh, but regardless, 118, 110, that was my score. What was your score? Um, I would have given like two or three rounds. I didn't necessarily see four rounds. I saw maybe three rounds. So, what do you what, what do you get for three for, rounds? For that three makes rounds that make that uh, does what one seventeen one eleven. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's that's, that's fair too. Um, and, and to and to speak on that, um, the judges Adelaide Burr was not there. These judges were Dave Moretti, Steve Weisfield, uh -huh. and David Sutherland. I'm not yeah. as familiar with with David Sutherland, but Dave Moretti and Steve Weisfield are two of the top judges in the sport of boxing. You'll see them they're good on a judges. Lot of top boxing cards. They, they, they are traditionally good judges. I can't speak for the sport of boxing. I can't speak for the scoring in boxing. Oh, I just know that shit happens. These guys had an off night. Now, as we transition to more of our thoughts on judging in boxing, my thought is that boxing and MMA always have the, have these widespread decisions. MMA, is, it's, a, it's a little bit easier because you have just less rounds. 
So it's always going to be a little bit less, less of a debacle when we're talking about three or five rounds compared to 12, 12 round fights. You can just make mistakes a lot more when it happens 12 times as opposed to, as opposed to five. Right. I think the solution, and we've spoken about this many times before, I think the best solution would be five judges unanimous round scoring. It's like, I, I think that's an amazing, I think it's an amazing concept. I think that's, you were the first one to introduce that concept to me, but five judges and whatever the unanimous decision in, decision is, sh- that that should be the fighter that's given that round. And showing I, I agree. One, one score or one decision yeah. for every single round. So it, it's it's a bit more difficult to do that when you get to, when you start talking about things like 10-8 rounds. Yeah. And... So, so, like, that does get a, a bit more shady, but I think that's a huge step in the right direction. Right now, just having this, having blind scoring, and I think there are certain states where you have scoring that, that's unveiled. I forgot what state it was. I only saw it in a fight once where you had scoring unveiled every three rounds. I'm not necessarily sure I, I like that either, but at least it, it at least gives you more of a, an idea of what's going on in the fight. How, Absolutely. What, what, what judges are doing what, where these judges are going, are going wrong. It takes away the end of the fight and i think that is part of the allure of combat sports waiting for that score at the end but it takes away from that where you consistently have these bad decisions now shit long term maybe it always all shakes out because canelo's been on the better end on a lot of these bad decisions and today he gets a unanimous decision he gets a uni- unanimous decision which he deserves still which he deserves which which he deserved, but he seemed to be on the wrong end on some of that scoring. So long term, it always shakes out. One of the things my manager told me, hey, for those who don't know, I'm a sales manager. And so my manager told me that, hey, short term, sales is the most unfair career. But long term, it's one of the most fair careers that, that you can find. Because the people who find a way, who keep, who keep fighting, are always going to find ways to win long term, even though short term, it may seem unfair. And similarly, I think a lot of the same things about boxing. Short term, especially with judging, it may seem very unfair, but the guys who fight through that keep showing up in high in, in high level fights that, that find ways, put put your opponent down, you don't want to go to the scorecards, those are going to be the guys that win. Floyd, Floyd was not always given great judging. He was on the wrong end of a scorecard against Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, but he Ridiculous. still won the fight. He still won right. the fight. And I'm, not, and I'm not necessarily saying that's always going to be the case. There are going to be fighters that take losses, but the fighters sure. who continue to show up who continue sure. to put 110% effort and continue to find ways to dedicate themselves in the face of adversity, all of that is going to shake out in the end. That, that's my belief. But it, it's unfair. And it changes it, careers. It changes lives. And it's just something, it, it's a piece of the sport at this, at this point. I don't necessarily know if we're ever going to be able to watch this thing. The problem with it is, and the biggest issue is, that the commissions are the ones that assign the judges. The, these people end up being elected officials that are only picking up this gig for the job. They're not like, you know, they they take a little bullshit class and they don't generally care about the sport. A lot of them. People go in there. Now, granted, we had Dave Moretti in there. We had people that have done this for a while. But a lot of these people have never experienced the sport. They've never trained the sport. And at the end of the day, they don't give a damn about the sport. I think that is the issue. The fact that the commissions have the opportunity to run this and do it in the way that they do and assign the judges... I think is the biggest issue, uh, you know, overall. Um, how does that change? I, I don't know if it does. I don't know if it can. Um, I, I hope that we can get better individuals, former athletes, or should I say former fighters who understand what they're watching, you know, out there doing it, who, whatever the case may be, the adding judges. Something has to be done in, bo- in all combat sports. 
whether it be, you know, boxing, MMA, kickboxing, the judging has been consistently atrocious. Um, because when you look at, for instance, even in MMA and stuff like that and in boxing, the big key word that people do not discuss is impact. Impact trumps everything, okay, in combat sports. So whether it be the impact of my shots that I'm hitting you with or let's say if it is MMA and the impact of me taking you down and the aggression and the impact that I in which I did that, that I'm supposed to get better, more points for. The, the rule book for MMA and in boxing is not that long. It might take you 10 minutes to read all of it. The fact that I know this and some of these judges seem like they don't is a damn shame. It, it, I think it's a travesty. I think it makes the sport look bad and it makes it look worse in the eyes of those casuals that I spoke about even earlier. So I, I think it's a real issue um, in the sport. But what I want to transition to next, I'm sorry, oh, please, I wanna, before I transition. I want to say, I want to say one thing. Yeah, yeah, please. I think in, in any scenario, I mean, mm -hmm. nobody's going to be perfect. People are not perfect. People are At wrong in different, in different scenarios every day. What do you do? You apologize. And part of that apology that makes it a little bit better is taking accountability. And so one, one of the sports that I think is headed in the right direction of just, hey, we made a mistake here because that's part of judging. You're going to make mistakes is the NBA. The NBA has a two-minute report after every game where they acknowledge the wrong calls that were made in, the, in those last two minutes. I think some more transparency. Now, are they more, going are, to are, have that same... Are they going to have that same report on only finding this racist dude for like a year and $10 million? Finding a billionaire $10 million? Did they get that a I, report for that? That I cannot, that I cannot, cannot speak to. <laughs> I do not agree with, agree with that. Um, I do not agree, agree with that. Calvin Ridley got more, got suspended more than a year in the NFL for betting like fifteen hundred bucks. Let's, let's, I'm not, I'm not even about to derail a conversation there. But I do think the two minute report is a step in the right direction, and That's something, some, something along those lines could help in terms of accountability when it comes to boxing and some, and, and some of those rematches, maybe rematches that need to get made. If they, hey, these, these rounds were scored based on X Y Z. Upon rewatch, we saw X Y Z. This round should have been awarded to Triple G. This round should have been awarded to Canelo. It can give some transparency and accountability on behalf of the judges. Hey, we're human. We're, we make mistakes. This is what it should have been. If you guys want to rematch, go ahead. You know what I think they should do? I love what you're saying. I like that too. In reality, you know what they should do? Judges who, who judge the fights are, should be required to go to the presser afterwards. And they are, should be required to speak to the media afterwards. That's what they hold, hold their asses to the fire. It should be a requirement for judges to do that. It should be. And that's my POV. I, but I, I, I think that in itself, putting their butts on the fire in front of the firing squad, I think will make people do a better job. I think you open yourselves to way too much liability. So just because a judge is good at judging doesn't mean they're good at public speaking. And so if you put someone after, aren't every, good at public after, speaking? After, after every single fight in front of the cameras, people are always going to find something wrong with what they're saying. And I think that state commission starts to open themselves up to tons of, li tons of liability every good. single fight. I don't necessarily think that's realistic. Nah, man. Look, now, the, the, these bureaucrats have gone out here and fucked up the lives of hundreds, thousands of athletes with no recourse. 
They sit there, piss away people's win money for these shit decisions. And they go back and forth and they do this and they have zero accountability. Zero. I do not give a damn if they're not great public speakers. We literally interview fighters after they got knocked out. Where they don't know where they are. You talk to them dudes two days later, they don't remember none of that shit. But we sit there and we dissect every little thing that they say. We should do that with every single person that's involved. If you are involved in that decision, especially if it's a shit decision, sit your ass up here and answer these questions. Let me know why you did this. There's only one boxing judge that I can recall in the last couple of years that made a bad decision, and I can remember them. I can't remember the, the exact fight, but it was like a year ago. And I remember a judge going out there and going on Twitter and saying, yeah, I fucked up. That was terrible. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I need more of that from boxing. But these bureaucrats are fucking up the sport that I love. I hate it. It's such a pain in the ass because they don't know what the fuck they're watching. All right. Um, just who I don't know who's texting me. I don't even know whose number that was. All right. Um, moving right along. Anything else you want to say about the judging? Not they suck. That's what we say. All right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, look, I want to stay with Canelo and Triple G for a hot second because people are talking about what's next. Um, in terms of Triple G, I'll be honest with you, bro, it's been a good run. I think it should be it for you, personally. You're not winning championships anywhere. It's not going to happen. Uh, but there are multiple options out there for Canelo Alvarez. David Benavidez is calling him out. He's talking about going back up there and fighting Dimitri Bivol. Uh, he's going back and forth doing all kinds of different things. In your mind, when we look at Canelo Alvarez, what should be next for Canelo? Well, number one, I am not quite sure I'm with you on Triple G. I, I think there's tons of opportunities for him at 160. Yeah. I don't think there's a place for him at, at 168. I think okay. I think he was a lot. He was a, a bit too small for this division. It's his first fight at 168. That's a lot to ask yeah. of him fighting Canelo Alvarez. I do think there are some opportunities for him to compete. If, if anything, and definitely make, make some huge paydays at 160, especially against the likes of guys like Jamal Charlo. Charlo. So I, I think, and, and that's the first name that come, comes to mind. I'm sure there are some other ones um, as well. Jaime Munguia against Triple G. That's another that's name another out there. That's a, that'd be so a fun one. I, I think there are some opportunities for him at 160. But in terms, in terms of Canelo, first, get surgery. Heal up. He said he, after the fight, he said he cannot hold a glass with his left hand. And this man is, is competing in a elite level boxing match. It's, amazing fighting through that level of pain but he needs to heal up he wants to come come back against Dimitri Bivol at, at 168 not necessarily sure that's the best comeback fight I'm not necessarily sure he, he wins that fight so then you start to look at well what can he do when he has all the all of the belts at 168 and he wants to go after go after guys with belts well he at least has to go after some someone who has a reputation these guys at 168 they have to fight each other Caleb Plant David David Benav David Benavides, they have to make some of, the, some of these fights start to, start to happen because right now he's cleaned out that 168 division of all the real relevant names. So guys are going have to have to come up. So you look at names like Demetrius Andre. He might finally have to make have to make that fight, but no one really wants to see that. There's no demand because of the way Andre Andre fights. So you look at some Carlos of these guys. been calling guys, for that fight for yeah, years. You, you, you look at guys at 160. I think Judge Jamal Charlo, maybe that's a decent fight. Janibek, maybe he wins a few, uh, a, a few reasonable fights, and by the time Canelo, get, Canelo gets back, he's a little bit more of a, a player. Um, Jaime Munguia, that fight might be there. He doesn't necessarily want to fight Mexicans because none of them are super relevant r right now, so 
you know, maybe if, if he gets a few more fights under his belt. But Canelo has cleaned out between 160 and 168, a lot of those rele relevant names. There's only a few left that you can really look to outside of Dimitri Bivol. So all in all, Dimitri Bivol might be the best relevant fight for him when he comes back. But we don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know what the surgery is going to look like. So the bo boxing landscape, landscape changes every single day, week, and month as people win and lose fights. Boxing fans are very much, what have you done for me lately? So things are going to change. But when Canelo comes back, Dimitri Bivol might be the most relevant fight that he's going to get up for and that the people are going to pay for. Yeah, man. No, totally agree. I, I, I totally agree. And it's really interesting when you talk about it, It's funny seeing pe people, man, don't appreciate greatness. They When greatness is in front of them, they just want to nitpick and hate because they, they look at LeBron. LeBron could be, be 50 years old, dropping 60 points a game. They'd still figure out Skip Bayless would be saying he's the worst player in the league. You know, like you got this dude out here, Canelo Alvarez, that has been more active than anybody in boxing has taken more risks than anybody in boxing consistently for years i mean just look at the difference between triple g and canelo since they last fought canelo literally had double the fights that triple g and here's the thing everybody that canelo fought was a champion a current champion and belt holder nobody that triple g fought aside from canelo was a champion or belt holder so when you're looking at these type of things and these individuals, I mean, the hate that these guys are getting, yo, people, Canelo is not going to be here that much longer. Appreciate greatness. We are looking at the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. Miss me with that uh, Julio Cesar Chavez shit, okay? His first 60 wins were against cab drivers. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Canelo is the best. Appreciate so, that. so I'll, I'll say this, and I can understand your gripes with the criticism of a guy like Canelo, but any fighter in the sport, whether they know it or not, that criticism is the same criticism that they strive for because that's always going to come with being yeah. number one. Once yeah. you become number one, there's a target on your back, and people want to start to analyze your weaknesses. I, I, but I'm not wanna, talking wanna... about people who are – I'm like the casual fan, I expect the casual fan to sit there and say things because they don't understand what they're watching, and I understand that. Boxing is a sport that people like I've always laughed right when people are trying to say oh I know boxing I'm like how much have you watched oh I watched like a fight a year bro you don't know boxing you just are, are looking for people to punch each other in the face I get it it's fun cool watch it like I, I, I casual fans help grow the sport I, I appreciate that for to happening you know what I'm saying but when we look at it and we're having somebody going out there I'm talking about Paid journalists that are supposed to be analysts in this game, not being objective and talking shit and criticizing just for clickbaits, fam, you suck. I'm sorry. Like, to me, that shit's unacceptable. But, and I, I think that's where I get it. My, my beef is more with these journalists that are running their fucking mouths when, at the end of the day, like, what are we talking about? He beat everybody that he was supposed to beat and put in front of him, and we're just burying him because it wasn't a performance that you wanted against a veteran who doesn't want to get knocked out. I'm sorry. I don't understand why this is such a hard concept for people to understand. I don't give a damn if you're in there, but if you are a veteran that has been in the game for an extremely long time, you know how not to get finished. Triple G understands, and he knows how to put himself in positions 
to not get himself finished. The only time Triple G actually even tried to put himself in the fire was in that ninth round. I, okay, come on. Okay. Oh, okay. But where is Triple G weak? His body. That's on Canelo. Did, did, did we see that's a sustained? Did we see a sustained a sustained attack to the body? Understanding that Triple G is weak to the body. But that's but now that. I put on uh, on his coaching staff. I put that on Andy Reynoso, who I think is a fantastic uh, trainer. But his, I, tra- his people, his people in the corner are supposed to sit there and say, "Hey, man, you're head hunting. Bring it down. He can be hurt to the body. That's game planning. That's his team." Now, Canelo's smart enough; he should have figured that shit out on his own as well. I understand that completely. I'm not giving him a pass for that, but I'm saying in the heat of battle. When he's already in the mindset that I'm going to try to knock this dude out, he's thinking I'm going to hit him in the face. He's emotional. He's going into it in that way. He also has a broken hand that I feel like I don't understand it's why not, nobody not, is still talking it, about. I don't, I don't think it's broken. It's hurt. It's, hurt it's, hands, a, wrist, hit, it's, it's, it's a wrist injury. Which is even worse. I don't know if you've ever tried to punch somebody with a hurt wrist. It don't work for you. But, hey, um, anything else you want to say about this one? And I, and I know I have my little soliloquy. Nope, I'm good. All right, well, let's move on to this because I want to talk about this before we get out of here. Um, there are some great things and some amazing young fighters in the in the world of boxing right now. And and it's always funny because I you hear people, boxing is dead, this and that. Yo, people, boxing is better than it has been in an extremely long time. There are amazing fighters from 115 pounds all the way to heavyweight. And there is multiple in these weight classes. Fantastic. ESPN just dropped their um, their ESPN top 25 under 25. I'm going to go ahead and for you guys read you. Let's, let's just go ahead to the top five real quick. Let me pull this up for your Let's do top 10. Um, it's on ESPN. Boom, boom, boom. Give me one second. Here. I, got, I, got, right. I got it. I got it. Up. You ready? Uh, oh, I got it. Yeah, I already I got it pulled up. Um, number one, we have Devin Haney. Number two. Jesse Bam Rodriguez. Number three, we have Virgil Ortiz. Four, June, uh, Junto Nakatani. Number five, Ryan Garcia. Number six, Sebastian Fundora. Number seven, David Morrell. Eight, Jared Anderson. Nine, Xander Zayas. And ten, we had coming in at Brandon Lee. Guru, is that an acceptable top ten for you? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think... Number one, it's going to be a bit difficult for me to be critical of a list where a lot of these guys haven't really been tested in a way where we can accurately rank them. So yeah. my thing is, did they make the list or not? Me, I'm very, very satisfied with this list. you got to give Haney the number one spot. He's currently the undisputed champ, although it be he didn't necessarily fight the toughest competition to get to, get to that rank. He is undisputed. He's well-deserving of that number well one deserved. rank. Absolutely. You, Absolutely. You, you got Bam number two. Shit. And, and I love that. We got I that. love and, and Bam at number two. And we didn't talk about Bam's fight on Saturday. He had a tough he had a tough fight. Tough fight. Wasn't the, tough fight. Wasn't the amazing Bam that we're used to seeing, but we know he didn't didn't necessarily want, want to take this fight. Good opportunity. Garcia was spent a lot of his time out here with Anthony Joshua. So the circumstances were, were a lot different for this fight. I'm willing to give him and a Garcia's pass. Garcia's tough, he, by the he way. Did, Garcia was get, very tough. He didn't. He didn't get. He didn't get discouraged at all. He still won, still won the fight despite having a point taken away. He deserves that that spot. Virgil, 
like a, a lot of the fighters you would want to see, they're there. They made the list. Even if they're not in the top the top ten, they made even guys like Mauricio Lara. He's really, yeah. really fun, fun to watch fight. He's at number eleven. Keyshawn Davis, no, number twelve. Love that. You know, Isak Cruz, another name on there that, that I like. Some of these names I'm like, hey, I gotta I gotta sit down and hey, watch some of these guys. Michelle Rivera, seen. I love Michelle Rivera, friend of the show. Yeah, they put some they put some ladies on here. I think they did a really good job with that as well. Yeah. So a, a, a lot of fun on this list. We have a lot to look forward to in this sport of boxing, and I am very very satisfied with the work ESPN did in this list. Um, and I'd yep. love to see the future of some of these rising stars. Oh, dude, I I really like, and, and I'm usually hypercritical on um on some of ESPN's lists, but this one specifically fantastic it, it was a, it's a great list I, I i don't have any gripes with any of them um the ones that i think that i was happiest to see on here um obviously you know devin haney jared anderson my one of my favorites right now xander zayas come on man you know i'm i'm, I'm begging for a dope ass puerto rican so between him and um and michelle rodriguez you know i, I love both of those guys michelle Rivera. brandon Rivera. Uh, what was that michelle Rivera. Rivera, I said Rodriguez, my bad. Um, I, I was reading Rodriguez over here. Uh, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee probably would be higher on the list if he didn't get rocked and dropped in his last fight, but he's really good. Um, obviously, Keyshawn Davis, come on, you can't be mad at him. He is a, a killer. Um, so many of these guys, but this is a solid, solid, solid list. Isak Cruz is on here as well. I cannot but look at this. We're literally, when's the last time we can sit here and literally rip off 20 different fighters right and we're not even talking about you we're talking about under 25 there's so mm. many more uh you know because they think about it i i jerron ennis isn't on this list because he is 25 otherwise he would be he would be my number one on this list if it wasn't i'm just saying even regardless on Devin Haney, i'm talking about the eyeball test jerron ennis for me you know what i'm saying but not mad at this list at all it's a solid fucking list Boxing people, I'm telling you guys, boxing is a fantastic place. If you want to get into boxing, not only do you have these these amazing up and coming fighters right now, man. Look, it might not be my cup of tea, but the 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 social media influencer boxing that's happening right now, there's a lane for it. It's fun. Boxing right now is fun. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. I don't know how much longer it's gonna last. Because the moment that, you know, Anderson starches fucking Jake Paul, the influencer shit might be done. But at this present moment in time, boxing is very fun. From heavyweight down to these little dudes, it's, it's pretty special. I would agree. All right. Beautiful, man. All right. Well, check it out. I, I, I think we hit everything we had to hit today. Yeah, we got 30 minutes. 30 minutes right at it, man. We'll check it out. B Cam, my brother, the guru. Thank you so much for joining me. You guys know this has been episode six of Guru's Corner, episode three, like 90 something of the fight podcast, if we really get technical. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's amazing. We'll be back very soon. Also, remember, listen to the fight podcast everywhere. Podcasting is available Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out there, please. Like, share, and subscribe. I'm telling you, we are right at, we're about to pass that 1,000 subscriber mark. Help us get to 1,000 people. We're right there. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. It means a lot to us. Um, check us out there. Also, support the show. Um, grab some merch. We have fantastic merch. Etsy.com slash shop slash the fight pod shop. We have champion brand hoodies and T-shirts. 
awesome mugs. Look, they got one right here. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that beautiful mug. Look at that. Oh, look at the swagged out with the fight stuff. So go ahead and grab uh, yourself a mug. Grab some swag. Support the show. We love y'all. B Cam, my brother, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yo, be real quick uh, because my man be on Twitter acting a fool. Let him know where you where to find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at my washed gospel. Uh, everything spelled correctly, and uh, as you can see here on Instagram at bcam13. There it is. I appreciate y'all. We love y'all. See you later. Peace. <laughs>